Welcome back to the Trifecta Soft Podcast. I'm your host, E-Rock. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, so you never miss another podcast. Also, do me a favor. Go on to whatever podcast app you listen to us on and give us a rating and review. That really helps us rank in the searches. Thank you so much. Let's get into the podcast. Can you hear me okay? Oh, yeah. What's up, dude? What's up, man? Sorry about that. Having issues with technology. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, cool, man. Like my fifth time using Discord, so you know, a little bit of a learning curve, and the uh, oh, yeah. the Beats headphones were throwing me for a loop. But hey, we're here. Ah, oh, that's fine, man. <laughs> I like your hat, dude. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, buddy, I'm excited about them uh, going. Hopefully, they go to the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping so, man. I just need to see one, you know? <laughs> just mm-hmm. let me see one when I can remember it and uh, I can stop being so crazy about it. But how to represent, man, it's definitely a, a big time of year for football fans. And uh, Oh, dude. Yeah. Fingers it's crossing. about time I got somebody on here that likes watching football. Holy shit. <laughs> I've come to realize, I don't know if it's because airsofters play mostly on weekends or if airsoft just attracts like people who don't really love football, but it's yep. it's rare, man. It's like, yeah, in all circles of life, I find people who like football and airsoft and football doesn't seem to have much of a crossover. No. So. Like so many people I talk with, like this, uh, in the last few months since uh, football season started, yeah, I'm like, somebody will text me. And say, uh, hey, they want to be on the podcast and they want to do like a weekend or something, you know, like a Sunday. And I'm like, yeah. I'll do it. But, uh, you know, like, you know, and, uh, you know, football, whatever. They're like, oh. And so and I've asked people on here, um, you know, you guys watch football or whatever. And they're like, no, nah, not really. You know, you guys football fans? No, nah, not really. Like, oh, you grew up in uh, Pittsburgh. Are you a Steelers fan? No, nah, I don't really watch football. I'm like. Uh. <laughs> the, the airsoft crowd's too chill for that, man. I don't know. It's 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 rare. I think but, so. Uh, are you a Niners fan or or who's your team? So I am not a Niners fan. I okay. uh, grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. So I am a uh, a Cleveland Browns fan. So very used to disappointment for sure. And uh, yeah. but I love the game of football. And um, I tell you who I like. I like uh, Purdy when he came in recently. Yeah. So I like players uh, mostly. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, Christian McCaffrey and uh, Nick Bosa, of course, you know from Ohio State. Yeah, is on the uh, Niners. So yeah, man. Um, but yeah, I've been following uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey since he was at Stanford, and then um, yeah. So I, I'm excited about them. And then uh, my my son's wife, her stepdad, is a Niners fan down here. Okay. And him and I get along really well. So, um, yeah, if I can root for somebody that, you know, somebody I know likes, then I'm all for yeah. it. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm all for it, too. Please, uh, right. please feel free to jump over, even if it's temporarily. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, and I have a good friend who's a Browns fan, and uh, he's told me, stories about you know some long suffering years so you know oh, aside God. from like the the shanahan era and the harbaugh era you know i have to go back to like jeff garcia days 
Aside from that, there's a lot of rough years too. Uh, you know, not not quite at the Browns level, but uh, right. And hoping for for better times ahead for sure. No kidding. I remember. Well, I grew up uh, in the '70s and '80s, and um, back then they were they were called the the cardiac kids, and they had Brian Sype, Mike Pruitt, uh, Greg Pruitt were uh, running backs. They were brothers, and um, and they were uh, and they and they would just randomly win against like a really good team <laughs> and uh so they were really unpredictable kind of in the in a good way and yeah. then um after uh w- when basically when they took them away to when they left cleveland and they became the ravens yeah um it was uh it was kind of all downhill after that like they, they never rebuilt you know yeah, man, I remember for my early childhood, they just weren't a team for a minute. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ravens were kind of becoming a thing, and then they brought them back. And I was like, oh, this is a little bit of a throwback, but it was always like, oh, but this isn't the same team, the original team. It's the Browns, yeah. man. I mean, I mean, that that area has a lot of pride. You know, how are you not going to have a pro football team? Oh, in, right. In Ohio, man. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so did, well, you, uh, did you grow up in the area, like in, in California there? So I did grow up in California, Southern California, actually. Uh, you know, we got a couple teams out here now, but, you know, 90s, mid-90s, late 90s, like, we really only had the Chargers, and then we had, um, you know, the Raiders in Oakland and the Niners in the Bay Area. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching the uh, the Niners as a kid, watching Steve Young and Jerry Rice, and then I had a lot of family members who were from the Bay and were also Niners fans. So nice. they kind of had an influence on me kind of some uncles on both sides of the family. So a little bit inherited. Uh, funny enough though, my dad's a diehard Rams fan because he grew up in Orange County in the mid eighties. So yeah. yeah, man, I mean, you know, the Rams kind of messed up leaving town for all those years left um, yes. a lot of people without a home and uh, yeah, just gravitated towards them um, because some family ties and just kind of stuck with right. it. Man. Yeah. The last, uh, now. yeah, for sure. Uh, the game on Sunday Jerry Rice was there, you know, and they showed him yeah. a couple times. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I love seeing Jerry and Steve and uh, Joe when he pops up every once in a while. Uh, mm-hmm. Good times, man. Like I was saying, that, I just want to see one. Just give me one as an adult. Let me see it happen. And I can. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be um, uh, Niners and uh, Bengals. But I don't know. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Maybe the Eagles. Eagles yeah. are good, man. Jalen Hurts, uh, but that's right. my prediction as well. I'm saying, I'm saying, Bengals Niners, kind of hoping for that. Uh, yeah. What I will say, a little, I didn't, I didn't know we were doing football analysis on this podcast today, but uh, <laughs> I'm thinking if uh, the Niners can exploit that running defense because Eagles are great in terms of uh, rushing the edge, rushing the passer, but uh, I think they're 21st in defensive uh, ranking in, in terms of stopping the run. run. So yeah, we'll see, man. It's gonna be a good game, Christian McCaffrey, bro. Once he breaks up, that dude's a beast. Like, he doesn't yeah, he stop. Is. Yeah, that's good. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to be hosting an Airsoft event Sunday. So trying to figure out exactly how I'm going to balance running the event. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you what you're going to be doing, okay? You're going to be like, you're going to be pointing over here to for the Airsoft thing, and you're going to be on your phone right here. Yeah, yeah, go over there. Okay, yeah, you guys do that, okay? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, th- I think I'm going to set up a generator, attach it to a TV, 
stream my phone to the TV and it's going to be a whole uh, set yeah. man. But uh, yeah, it wasn't my best uh, best shot in terms of planning. Uh, uh, also, yeah. didn't know we'd be here in the NFC Championship. So hard to right. hard to exactly. pre-plan for that. Yeah, yeah for man. sure. Hell yeah. So uh, you, um, KWA Tactical League. I am yes, very, very privileged to uh, and honored to have you on, man. I appreciate you. No, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah appreciate uh, it. You guys have been doing big things. Um, so you guys, uh, your group, or is it is it uh, a company? You guys, are, your company is a an event host, right? Is that what? Yeah, so it, it's, a little, it's a little bit of both in terms of a group and a company. It started originally as a Milsim team called Biohazard Airsoft. That's our kind of core group of guys who have uh, just kind of gotten together. Really, we started just going to events and trying to um, kind of just have a presence at a lot of these Milsims and um, just kind of it, it all started kind of, I was going with a group of guys, people would start falling off, you know how attrition sets in for airsofters, people go in and out of the sport, and uh, I didn't want to be that guy just hitting the same guys up every week, I'm like, hey, go airsoft with me, go airsoft with me, so yeah. decided to just kind of start a team, took off from there, became like a, a more of a Milsim-focused team, and then we were going around to these different events, and they started happening less and less frequently out where we're at in Southern California. Then we had the idea of, like, why don't we start our own event series that gives guys like ourselves who enjoy kind of more Milsim aesthetic, Milsim gameplay, um, something to do in the in-between weeks and months between these Milsim events. Um, You know, obviously there's a whole generation of kids now and, and people like myself even, I'm 34, who've grown up with, you know, things like Call of Duty and Battlefield and all these different games. So I think there's a good template there in terms of like how to structure a game and and kind of some concepts that people can easily kind of jump into and understand. So we started running um, an event series called Tactical League, started at SC Village out in uh, Southern California, quickly has morphed into like a national um, event series that we're running um, that has really just kind of taken the Milsim gameplay, Milsim style objectives some of those really cool elements and kind of combining it with video games, combining it with some elements of competitive airsoft um, to create kind of a more, I guess, fast-paced um, Milsim light environment that's a little different than, like, really any other kind of event series that we've really come across. Um, and that's what's cool about it is it's kind of taken off as people have um, talked about it. They've come up to us and recommended fields that we've reached out to and connected with. And uh, yeah, man, uh, really, we, were, we we kind of spread across the Southwest last year. It was our first year of operation. Um, just hit one year in January. And now we're going to be start expanding to the East Coast and Midwest. And, uh, you know, onwards and upwards from there, hopefully. Yeah. One year. Holy cow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The amount of talk that I've heard about you guys, I, I honestly thought that you guys have been around for a long time. Like as far as organizing events, because uh, there's a you guys have a really good name. Like a lot of people have talked about you guys. Well, and Thank the other you. thing too is I've talked with <laughs> I don't know how many uh, airsofters in Cali, uh, you know, in California over the last like two three months. Like sure. I I can't even count how many uh, airsofters and airsoft teams that I've talked with 
and SoCal, like Northern California, uh, I, I, just all over the place. Um, so, in fact, I just uh, I talked with um, Baby Goat, Taco's Baby Goat, yesterday. I mean, um, last week. And uh, his podcast comes out tomorrow. And he's in Sacramento. I didn't even, I, I don't know why I was thinking he was in Southern California, kind of like where you guys are at. Yeah. But, um, so, I mean, just all these people out there have talked about KWA Tactical League, Tactical League, Tactical League, like all these events and stuff. It's pretty cool. It's cool to hear. It, it's really, it's really uh, flattering, man. You know, it's, it's cool to hear. I mean, it just goes to show that, um, you know, when the community is really kind of excited about, uh, a right. game mode about you know event producers who are trying to do a little extra in terms of just giving people options um, that mm-hmm. you know they're they're willing to talk about it and tell other people it's really kind of what's gotten it to this point for us is um, you know players coming out and not only you know playing the right way at our events for the most part which is kind of like step one to having a good event but then coming back and talking to their friends about it and bringing other groups of people. And it's really kind of built like a, a little bit of like a common ground for a lot of these players who play in California, but maybe don't go to the other fields. Um, so they'll see it at SC Village and then you'll play it at Battle Lab or Tax City or these other locations. Now what we're seeing is a lot of indoor guys coming outdoor, a lot of outdoor guys coming indoor, which is really ultimately like, in my opinion, kind of what we need to get the sport to grow. Um, and, you know, there's always people who end up going and maybe it's not for them in terms of the four event. That's OK, too. Sure. Um, but, but ultimately, man, the momentum we're kind of seeing across the board with not only the slate of events, but some of the stuff on the social media side, the content side is really um, it's really been awesome to see. We're just really excited to, to be building that awareness and, um, you know, have the opportunity to, to go to these new markets now and, and take our game modes other places and, and give people that experience right yeah that's cool as hell man i I I had no clue you guys started out like milsim type uh okay so what how did you get into airsoft and uh did you start out doing milsims is that what you we'll be right back this episode is sponsored by skirmish the future of airsoft gameplay management are you ready to take Airsoft to the next level? Skirmish's innovative gameplay solution keeps players and spectators engaged with real-time updates. Capture objectives, detonate targets, medic, and more at Skirmish-enabled fields. Skirmish tracks every action so you don't have to. Review past games, action by action, and follow your progress in national rankings. Phones are not required. If you want to find out more, head to skirmish.net. And check out episode 157 of this podcast where I talk with the owner of Skirmish about how it started and how it works. Stay connected, my friends. No, so I actually originally came from the paintball world. So I I grew up in Corona, which is right next to Chino, where SC Village is located, if you know what SC Village is. It's a 26-acre paintball and airsoft uh, uh, location, one of the biggest okay. in the world, been around since like the eighties. Um, but really? paintball, yeah, I paint- follow their uh, Instagram. That's that's pretty much all yeah. I know about them and what I've heard from people talking. Okay, yeah, do shout out to to Geo and Bear and the whole the whole SC crew, Michael over there and Zayla. Um, they were kind of my original home. You know, when I was growing up, junior high, early high school, 
uh, my dad and I would go and play. He had like a, uh, we had some Titman A5s set up kind of more Milsom style as much as you could at that time to set up your paintball gun so it looked like a rifle. So I grew up Shit. doing that with a lot of my cousins. A lot of my cousins grew up in like Riverside, Myrna Valley. Um, oh, yeah. I've, so, I've partied in Riverside, actually. Yeah, it's, a, it's a good spot, man. You, if you know the right, uh, <laughs> right households, it's a good place to be, uh, especially oh, yeah. growing up during that time. Um, so we started playing that way. It was paintball. And then, you know, people started getting bored of paintball, aging out of it, whatever you want to call it. And then I had right. one cousin who got into airsoft. This was like 15 years ago, maybe a little bit longer. Um, actually longer, probably like 20 years ago now, uh, and introduced me to it. And this is back when we were using Springer pistols and yeah, shotguns right. and, you know, pretty low FPS stuff running around the neighborhoods and playing in the streets. Right. Um, and then... As we started playing a little bit more, guys started upgrading their stuff. I remember I got a, I think a SEMA M14, like long barrel one with the wooden stock. I was like the first person to own like a legitimate AEG on the block. And we used to go play oh with that God. in the woods um, and just really enjoyed it. But, you know, I grew up a little bit, ended up going to, to college for a number of years, traveling around, having kids, uh, you know, building a career. And just kind of stopped playing during that entire time. It was probably about 10, 12, maybe 14 years where I didn't play at all. Um, yeah. was playing a lot of basketball during this time. Uh, okay. was in really great shape, just wasn't playing airsoft. And then, um, you know, as I started being able to do basketball and things like that less, as I got into my, like, late 20s, just because my knees, ankles, injuries over the years. Right. Um, and had some time off work, you know, coincidentally was looking for a hobby to get back into and I was like, Oh, why not airsoft? Like yeah. that was fun back when I used to play. Um, you know, I went with some of the same cousins I used to play paintball with. And so we went to Evic, bought a bunch of gear, guns. Um, I think me and my cousin got some Crytax, some, some SPRs, um, which were pretty baller at the time. This was like five years ago. Right. Um, and yeah, just kind of got back into it, man. Uh, really enjoyed it. Decided kind of to go a little deeper down the rabbit hole in terms of investment and time spent. And then that's when, you know, the different cousins and friend groups who would go kind of started falling off. You know how it goes. People have kids, get sure. married, you know, get a new job, move away. Different work schedule, right. Yeah, yeah, it's that attrition, man. Um, so, you know, kind of thought, why don't I start a new group? You know, we put together this team kind of through you know, the Order 66 Facebook group and these different, like, Airsoft um, social media pages. That, along with a couple original guys who had stuck around from when I played with my cousins, kind of got this thing going called Biohazard Airsoft. Yeah. And really, the point was not to be run as, like, a influencer page, but rather a team page. Um, but the thing is, my background is in marketing. Uh, professionally, that's what I do. My 9 to, oh. nine to 5, I'm a publicist. I work in the, uh, the entertainment industry. So I thought, why don't we take some of the strategies, content, things we do in that world and apply it to Airsoft? Because um, I didn't really see that many teams or players doing that, like from a really like high production value sense. Right. So started doing that, which made the team blow up pretty quickly in terms of like following um, just awareness kind of for the area. And then we went to our first Milsim, which was a, uh, a line clause event. This was like three years ago, probably. Oh, okay. So fairly recently, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Um, right. But at that point, that's when it was like, all right, this is this is where it's at. Like, 
yeah. walk-on games, the private events we would do, the stuff we'd go find in the wild at that time. Yeah. Like, that stuff was cool, but the Milson scene was really, like, where it was at for us. Gotcha. So once we got into that, that's when we started all heavily investing a lot more of our time and money and just uh, creative uh, uh, process into just kind of what we were doing on the Airsoft side. And, uh, yeah, man, it's kind of evolved over time into this team now. We have a central core of guys who help run the tactical business side of things. But, um, you know, our, our roster is probably up to like 18 to 20 guys deep right now. Um, okay. You know, and what's cool is everyone kind of contributes in their own way, either the team or the business or both. So, right. Um, yeah, man, shout That's out to the, to the biohazard guys. They've definitely pushed this thing and helped create kind of what it is today. So you're... Uh... So you said your cousins, are they, um, how did you get a a core group of guys together to start working on this? Um, Obviously, if it's your cousins, you already knew them. You already played paintball with them before. And, um, but how did you guys expand? Like who, did you just find people at the field, you know, that you were playing with or? Yeah, it was a little bit of a mix. And I get that question actually a lot from like younger players who are like, oh, how do I build a team? How do I build a team? So originally it was me and my cousins and I've, have a shitload of cousins a mexican it's just how it goes <laughs> we're all in this area there's a lot of guys yeah, around the same age or a little younger than me family bro. that was a yeah. good like group to start with uh, our first milson we went to about three quarters of the team was still my cousins we had just created this biohazard airsoft kind of moniker or team name started wearing our patches originally our patches were the uh, yellow bio- biohazard symbol okay. um, if you see one of those patches those are kind of the og ones um yeah, it started with that core group, and then as guys started falling off and I needed to recruit, there were a couple guys who stuck around um, from that core group. But then when we needed to expand, I started going to like different Facebook groups for airsofters. So there's a couple out here in California, um, California Airsofters, Order 66, which is more localized to Southern California, um, okay. you know, a couple national pages. And I just kind of put a almost like an APB out just in that comment wall, just like, hey, guys, looking to start a team. Um, you know, here's the name. This is kind of what we're trying to do. You know, who's interested kind of taking all, all, all applications. And there were a couple guys who reached out who were really kind of core to the group and kind of brought in a lot of qualities that I was kind of looking for, not only in terms of like, at this point, not even in terms of like building like a business or anything like that, just like, guys who had good personality match the vibe in terms of being serious, but laid back at the same time, if that makes any sense. Sure. Oh, for sure. That was kind of serious enough to show up when you need them and not too serious on the field. Like, Hey, this is still just a game. Exactly. Exactly. And, and kind of just started adding that way. First and foremost, like, you know, we didn't really have a process in place for like how you get on the team. It was just kind of like, Come out and play with us, show up, pass a vibe check, and just make sure, you know, you fit in well and yeah. nothing flashes and, you know, it's probably okay. And, you know, that's kind of where it started at. And then we would go to the field as a group and meet other people. And then be like, hey, what's his name? It's kind of right. cool. He's looking for some people to play with. He, you know, he, he he's willing to, like, spend a little bit to, like, get a uniform, attend events, stuff like that. So just kind of started adding that way. And then as we added more guys, it's become more of a a team process. You know, different people will bring certain people into the fold. 
we'll either kind of upfront yeah. decide like, all right, do we want to put this guy through the process or, you know, does someone have a concern? It's not a fit. You know, once they do kind of everyone or most people are in agreement, we're going to give this dude a shot. It's kind of like, just kind of invite him out, make sure he's at some of our public events, goes to a couple Milsons with us. Right. And then, you know, if all goes well, then a little bit of process, but that's kind of when they get patched in. And for us, adding that process became something necessary as we kind of grew. Oh, for sure. Because um, otherwise it was just too hard to figure out, like, who was the right fit, you know, because at that point people have additional motives for wanting to uh, to jump in. Yeah. Definitely. Well, you know that old saying, you know, half the, what is it, uh, showing up is half the battle, right? Like, or yeah. something like that. It's like, um, that really is so true with a lot of things in life, you know, especially with work or school or whatever. But yeah. even something like this, you know, being accountable or uh, dependable, uh, you know, that's kind of like, if you're looking for somebody to, to grow a team, you know, other people to grow teams, it's... Uh, Number one, can you show, are you going to be here? You know, like, is this person here all the time or, you know, or, you know, consistently anyway, yeah. and then, uh, and then go from there. Cause they could have all the other things check marked off, you know, like, man, these guys are, this guy's cool. Uh, he fits in, you know, it's great, whatever. But if, uh, if they, for whatever reason, they, maybe it's their job, you know, they're, they have a rotating schedule or. Uh, or, you know, they're, they're about to have their third child or something, you know, whatever, like it, you know, that stops them from being able to come to the field consistently. Um, like that's a really big thing, you know, part of it that you can't, like, you can have all the other things, but you, if you can't be here for the team when we're trying to do something important, then. You know, it's uh, it's not going to work. But I think there, I think that's why I've, uh, most people I've talked with that start teams, <clears throat> they uh, they have a lot of extras. You know, so that yeah. if they only need um, ten people, they'll have fifteen. If they only need you know five, like the indoor, you know, the uh, speed softers, they'll have ten. You know, on their team. Yeah, that's um, very much our strategy as well. I mean, I told yeah. you, you know. Max right now we're probably looking at like eighteen twenty guys, uh, right. you know, if everyone shows. But how often is it, you know, that that makes sense, especially at right. some of these events, you know, where we're a little bit more limited. Um, but it does give you flexibility, you know, because that was my biggest thing was like I wanted to have consistent group of people to go with, just because you know having that um, ability to like know how other people work and get familiar especially if you start running things like squads and communications and things like that, you want to be a little in sync with the people you're running with. So, right. you know, having larger numbers, if you can pull it off, does allow you to kind of always have a group there. So, yeah. you know, even if it's not the same 12, 15, 18 guys every time, at least everyone, almost every time they play, ha are getting used to working with other people mm. and also working their comms, working these different elements that, like, you know, flow a little bit more seamlessly uh, when you're all together in a group. Right. And yeah, man, that that was really it. You know, I think that and understanding that airsoft is a hobby. You know, yeah. Even if even if you're in the business now, in terms of like running events or sure. or anything like that, you know, you have to understand the player base 
vast majority of these guys have a day job. They have a wife, girlfriend, kids, what have you, um, and a number of other things that do and should always take precedent over airsoft. Right. You know, I tell a lot of my guys, especially because I'm one of the older guys on the team. You know, some of these guys are 22, 23, 25, 26. It's right. like airsoft comes last, man. Like I, I know you want to be at every event, or I know you're yeah. down, or you, you need to be here. But if you have other shit to do, whether it's work or girlfriend or family, um, you know, I have a wife and kids, so I understand, you know, what it means taking a weekend away airsofting in terms of like how that affects situation sure. at home. So. You know, there with the younger guys and older guys, there isn't always that um, understanding. So it's it's one of the yeah. things running a roster you have to kind of like manage for everyone. So just everyone's on yeah. the same page. I mean, the the human element is yeah. definitely the uh, the most challenging part. I'm sure. I'm sure that's uh, you know it's anything with uh, with building a group, with working with a group. You know, it's uh, team building just uh people in general and then you have personality clashes you know just just never know you never know it's uh you know somebody doesn't like somebody because uh and sometimes you don't even know why you're like oh it must just be personalities okay whatever um but yeah Yeah, uh, it's a big variable for sure, uh, you know. But we've we've gotten pretty lucky for the most part. Obviously, yeah. things pop up just like any other team or group. But also, you know, going back to football, it's like I played, you know, up to a certain level of high school, pretty much. But even then, it's like you didn't have to be best friends with everyone on the team. No. You just had to respect people enough to work together, communicate, all that stuff. Do your so job I, on the yeah. field. Yep. Yeah. There you man. go. Uh, yeah, That's first right. and foremost, right? Then everything else is kind of secondary and will work itself right. out. Uh, as long as the respect factors there, man. Yeah, you know, that's funny you said that because now that I'm thinking back, you know, um, it reminds me, you know, when I played football, it was uh same thing. I mean, we had – and it, it's such a – it's like a switch. You just flip your sw- – you know, it just happens. When you get on the field, when you when you, whether it's in practice or a game – like you could be talking shit in the locker room, padding up, right, gearing up to the guy. Like no one, you know, on a on a football team, you might have fifty, you know, thirty to fifty to whatever guys, you know, and not everyone's going to get along, you know, is just how it is. Yeah, and you get out there on the field, and it just all goes away. You're yeah. all focused on this one thing, <clears throat> so. And then right after you get you're done, right? You go back in the locker room and you're just hating on each other on you know some of these guys. Not really, you know. It's more of the the fun kind of thing. But there are some for sure people that just you're not gonna you know. I don't want to hang out with you outside of football. Uh, but once yeah. you get on the field, you're good to go. No problem. Hundred percent, man. It's uh, it, you know, ultimately for me, that's maturity. You know, like right. It doesn't matter your age. There's yeah. forty-year-old men I've met who are immature as shit, and then twenty-two-year-olds who can handle themselves. You know, kind of no matter the the situation. So, you know, it, it takes a certain amount of uh, vetting to figure out who those people are, and even then, you can't yeah. account for everything, but. Yeah, yeah, I feel like uh, right now, kind of with where we're at with the the biohazard roster and stuff, we're we're in a pretty good place. I think. Uh, well, I think too. What I'm hearing is, you know, with your your core group of guys, you know, we're you guys were family, like legit family, 
and uh and you had a long history of you know stuff together before uh, you know kwa tactical league so it's i i think when when people uh, other people as you add people to that they feel that they feel that good vibe they feel that harmony almost you know it's like everything's cool we're good there's not this uh dissension in in the you know in the troops or whatever and um i was just talking with a guy tonight earlier and uh he was saying and this is something i've heard is very common that i've heard so far with talking with the airsofters is um you know they were on a team maybe two teams you know previous and uh and it just it was going great until it wasn't and then once it wasn't it just spread like the toxic uh mentality or whatever they you know it just the bad attitudes you know just the negativity or whatever that that just started spreading and we were talking about that for a minute because i was like dude it's so weird how how quickly you know because we feed off each other you know human beings we feed off each other and it's uh you know positive or negative you know and uh and he's like yeah man once this one thing started from this one person it just spread like and that's what happens you know it's uh and sometimes you can't really stop it you know you just have to cut ties and kind of start fresh yeah yeah it spreads you know it for lack of a better word it's cancerous you know it just kind of spreads you don't you don't even notice it spreading and then suddenly it it, it's everywhere um you know and and that's don't get me wrong like things are in a good place but we've had our own air share you know a couple things have popped up over the years that have resulted in you know a little bit of roster turnover but you know that's that's people in general i think you know at a certain point you have to figure out if things are going to work with a given situation and some people you know they have different goals in mind different priorities and uh that's okay man like you know there's a lot of teams who get together and then break up and um you know the the players become toxic to one another and will never talk to each other again and yeah are sticking to their own camps and it's like that's not what we need as a community or an industry, you know, right. it, again, like not to keep using this word, but maturity, like there, there has to be a certain level, certain approach to it. Sure. Um, certain understanding that if you're going to try and get groups of people together who don't all think the same, don't all act the same, that, you know, those things are going to pop up, but ultimately, you know, we're all, we're all playing airsoft. We're all playing with toy guns. Like yeah. it's not, it's not what it's about at all. You know, I'm really, honestly, I'm just out here trying to play call of duty in real life. Yeah. You know, more than anything, I'm not, you know, I'm not approaching it that way as if it's, uh, you know, high school, high school lunch hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it kind of, I, I, I was kind of surprised, I think, uh, when I first talked with um, a couple guys a while ago, um, Houdini and um, uh, Pumbaa. So Houdini used to be on and and Pumbaa used to be on the same team, uh, Praetorians out in uh, Tennessee. Yeah. And they play, I think their home field is uh, Nashville Airsoft. And nice. um, they, uh, and then Pumbaa is still part of that team. And then Houdini and a couple other guys went on to uh, HSA. And, you know, because they wanted to be a little more serious with sure. like tournaments and stuff like that. But they're all still really close 
really good friendships. Nothing got damaged, you know, as far as like moving on. Um, and I think that's really, uh, and it is uh, about maturity because uh, when you have, because um, some people get really like their ego, you know, gets hurt, like their feelings get hurt, you know, and they go, yeah. and then they just turn all weird and shit like oh fine you're gonna do that you're gonna leave this team okay fine you know and then they just like they they just can't get over it because it you know i think it it hurts them and um and so they can't just go oh yeah i understand you you know we're not at that the level that of commitment to this hobby or sport that yeah that you guys want to be it's okay you know And, and I think Pumba has, you know, is, he's great, man. I had him on here. He's uh really mature. He's a, you know, humble and, uh, and there was no bad blood between those guys when, when uh, they went off and, you know, wanted to be a little more serious with the sport and, and do like, you know, more serious tournaments and stuff. So that can happen, but it's, uh, I found from talking with people that, that there's so many people in airsoft that are like, like in their twenty, late twenties, thirties, like they're adult males, yeah. and they act like fifteen-year-olds or twelve-year-olds. I don't know. Like <laughs> they're 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 really. Uh, they, some people tell me the stories, and I'm going, I just I can't believe it, bro. I'm like, there's no way uh, that these guys would get together and go like to a field or indoor, whatever it is, open play, and they they feel good about just running over the 12 and 13 year old rentals. That makes no sense to me. And I'm going, okay, they're never going to be a part of a team, like a a real team, a good, good team, because that, I don't know, man, that to me, that's really shallow. (laughs) I don't get it. Yeah, man. Uh, Listen, I, I think running this event series now the you know, for better, for worse, love the airsoft community. Um, You know, the players are certain one of the players are one of the elements we have to, to contend with in terms of um, just kind of getting people to be on the same page in terms of sure. their approach to, to attending our events. You know, I told you some of our events incorporate like elements of competitive airsoft, you know, to where we're tracking scores and rewarding players for how they finish compared, you know, in terms of game results, things of that nature. Um, so some of our games get pretty competitive. We also have a, um, a content series called Tactical League that we're launching, which is going to start in California. It's going to feature multiple teams competing in like a uh, force-on-force format. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so once again, running like a competitive format, you know, players do go at each other, you know. So it's like, sure. how do we get the players to a point where they can go into it and compete and care that much and try that hard without it getting toxic, without, you know, yeah. people cheating, With you know, that's – that's been the most challenging part to this whole thing. Um, you know, there's always the solution of like throw more referees, more staff at it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with our game modes and some of the environments we go into, there's a lot of building breaching, multi-level structures. Like, you know, unless you literally have a ref or camera in every single corner, it's a hard right. thing to, uh, to manage. So that's certainly been um, one of the harder things to to implement in terms of these events at scale is like accounting for the players 
you know. Um, right. There's a wide do range. Think, do you wide think range. the, um, like, you know how in, in sports in, in high school, right, you have a coach or multiple coaches uh, that hold the players to a certain standard. Um, and that's on the, this kind of sportsmanship or whatever is expected uh, on on both teams, right? No matter where, yeah. whatever city you go to, you know, when you travel or, or, you know, if another team travels to your home field to play, you know, like let's say football and, um, you know, you have football is a good example, I think, because it's a uh, high intensity contact sport that, uh, you know, you're, you're really ramped up and amped up, you know, on the yeah. field uh, and you want to win really bad, right? Like this is uh um, it's not slow paced. It's fast. It's uh, there's a lot of quick decisions being made on the field. Uh, tempers get you know get out of control sometimes. You know we're teenagers. Potential but, um, for for violence certainly. Yeah, you know? absolutely. You're already like it's a violent game. You're hitting each yeah. other sometimes at full speed, um, and that you know full contact. But after the game, no matter what happened. If you if you lost fucking twenty eight to nothing, okay, and uh, and it was legit, you know, even if it's not, uh, with you know, cause some of the high school um, refs, football refs are fucking shit, bro. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're horrible, but um, but either way, your coach expects you to get on that field. At least when I grew up, you know, I, I don't know if they still do now. I think they do, but uh go across and, and, you know, shake hands with everybody, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Team to team, you go across, slap hands and then, uh, and then you go back to the locker room or you go off to the side, you know, and your coach talks to you whatever. So there is this, I think it gives this, I don't know. I felt like it gave us this, um, the knowledge of that, like, Hey, when we're done, like as soon as that clock runs out, okay, as mad as you are, 30 seconds before, you have that time to take a breath and be like, all right, shit, we fucked up, you know, whatever. <laughs> and now uh, you walk across, you know, you're you're shaking hands with these guys, you're, you know, and then you're done, um, and you go back and your coach, and you don't want to let your coach down, obviously. Uh, so you're not going to like, and you don't have the option to not go across and slap hands. It is, um, you know, that's what you do. You know, that's the end part of the game. It, it is always part of the game. It, it's included and you never not do it. Um, and so I wonder if from a lot of people I've talked with about uh, these, uh, that, that get these teams together for, especially for indoor play. Yeah. Um, and I say that because more so than let's say Milsim, I think Milsims, uh, the bigger Milsims are getting really like, you know, there's a ton of people getting into airsoft in the last couple of years, and these Milsims uh, events have grown a lot. There's 700 people at a Milsim, and it's like, oh, that's fairly normal now, you know, yeah. uh, from what I'm hearing. So it's like, um, you get kind of almost whitewashed. Like it's so, you know, there's so many people, you don't really have that one bad guy 
you know, to be mad at the whole game. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it, you don't really have the the temper and the and the the competitiveness. Like a lot of mill simmers don't even really care who wins. Um, they're there for the whole weekend experience and stuff. But I feel like uh, the indoor guys, the the um, speed soft and uh, you know the tournament stuff. It's a higher level of uh, competitiveness. There's um, it's a smaller venue. And it's fast paced, you know, that's why I'm saying it's like a lot like football. It kind of is a contact sport. I mean, you're not hitting each other, but you're shooting the shit out of each other. You're yeah. running into barricades and, you know, sliding into the wall head first and shit. Um, so adrenaline, you know, all this stuff. And uh, and I understand the don't call your hit thing is, is a big deal uh, that we weren't used to in paintball. You know, I certainly wasn't when I played paintball that I never, yeah. most people called their hits cause it's splattered all over you. Um, and then, so I feel like, uh, this, uh, the speed soft stuff is, um, is way more like, I guess it has a potential to where it's, can be a negative experience where all these guys are pissed off at each other. Yeah. But I wonder yeah, yeah. if, do you think having a coach on each team, like an older coach, you know, an older person that is more mature, kind of not in the game, you know, uh, not playing, but more of a, you know, like a coach. He's, he's on the, he, he organizes things. He gets people together. He, you know, he calls plays kind of whatever, you know, you guys do. And then, but at the end of the game, hey, this is what we do. This is what our team does is we're going to act like this. And we're going to go across and say, hey, good game, guys. You know, no matter here's how. We... Yeah, here's the thing. We have a little bit of experience with this. You know, we've okay. seen different strategies employed by teams to manage themselves on the field. Wide range of outcomes, obviously. I think having a central figurehead definitely helps in terms of someone who's more leadership based on the team. What we actually find is it helps to have that person on the field kind of as a de facto commander leading the team. Um, Just because, you know, when they're off the field and more of a off field coach role, I think there's that separation a little bit from the emotional side of it. You know, there's kind of a disconnect in terms of, you know, that person's really only visible pregame, postgame. You know, I think it still leaves kind of that variable out there a little bit too much. We've kind of taken the strategy of kind of promoting people within the different factions at our events to be essentially team and squad leaders. Um, We found that that's helped manage kind of the flow of things, kind of always putting certain people in charge that we know are maybe a little bit more level-headed to manage the rest of the group, not in a direct, you know, staffing way, but just in terms of team leadership, objective setting, you know, roles and tasks um taking a little bit of that milsom structure but actually empowering the guys at our events to do that on a smaller scale um has helped in terms of managing people you're always going to get those bad apples i think you know like uh you know the the handshake thing would be great if you know if we could make that happen the only thing you worry about is you know someone um being angry enough and not mature enough to handle a face-to-face and it just being a direct confrontation, you know, which obviously you see from time to time. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man, I, I, I don't know what the final solution is in terms of, like, the best route. Um, definitely, you know, ultimately it's on the players, I feel like, to hold themselves 
accountable um, yeah. if this thing is actually going to take off and grow the way it should. Because you're right, paintball, very obvious when you get hit. Airsoft, there's a lot of gray area. Um, yeah. You know, there's plenty of times where I feel something, and I'm pretty sure it's a ricochet, but just because I don't know. You know, you call it. There was, um, I forget who it was, one of the meme accounts, one of the Airsoft meme accounts posted something about, like, the Airsoft Chad the other day. That was, like, the top top thing on the meme was, like, dude who calls his hits doesn't even know if he was actually hit or not. I like, that's that what I tell all my yeah. guys now, especially running these events, the fact that, uh-huh. like, you're a biohazard player adding a tactical league event running, being run by the leader of biohazard, like... Right. You know, for the most part, my guys have to be beyond reproach in order mm-hmm. to um, allow this thing to kind of function the way it has been. And even then, like when we've had competitive events, when we've had certain things, um, you know, guys will still hear things, have things said their way. Luckily, you know, we kind of also have an approach now with our events that like if you don't have a camera and a zoom cam, you're doing yourself a disservice a little bit as a player especially in a competitive setting. Um, so luckily, most of these things have had video content to either back them up or refute them. Um, but it, ultimately, man, it, it's something that I think every player has to figure out for himself, you know, how how seriously he wants to be taken. Because, you know, you're doing the walk-on stuff. Yeah, there's always going to be those players not calling their stuff. There's always going to be... The speed softers, you know, sprinting the field, taking BBs, you know, in a full sprint, shooting people, overshooting people, (laughs) just part of the game. Um, But if you want to start doing some of the more serious stuff that you're seeing now with like these uh, these Boeing 747 tactical challenge and these, you know, exclusive, you know, Guardian Center, AO and Milsom events, these speed QB tournaments, fight night, you know, with KWA. Like yeah. you're gonna have to clean your shit up because ultimately it's not that big of a community, and very quickly people in your area will figure out either your bullshit or your team's bullshit. Right now, that uh, fight night is that uh, is that you guys? Is that your event? So, so that no no so that's KWA. Okay. Um, okay. KWA produces it. We help you know some of the biohazard guys, myself included, help run and produce it. Um, okay. You know, we work on the back end a little bit, um, gotcha. but that that wouldn't be mine per se. I, that that's all yeah. KWA on that one. Okay. Tactical League was my baby, and KWA is one of our main partners on it. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. But you know, okay. I, I Tactical League and Biohazard are kind of their own entities. Um, okay. You know, working with a lot of great folks, including KWA and Evike and some different brands. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, those are my babies. I gotcha. Okay. Well, that yeah, because it, you know, I. I talk with so many people on here and I sometimes they get a little confused as to who is what and where like the uh their Instagram name is different than their Discord and their you know I'm like wait a minute who is what is that you know it's like when I asked you uh when I texted you <laughs> a few minutes before about um what's your uh Discord name again and then I scrolled back through our uh, our chat uh, on Instagram, and I was like, "Oh, that's right, Biohazard." Because, but it, you know, it's not actually in your uh, your Instagram name. You know that I was looking at. Yeah, yeah. I think we were talking on the Tactical League channel, right? right? The t- yes. Tactical League Instagram. Yeah. So, yeah. I, 
If you message bio, the biohazard page or the taxi league page, those both go to me. So yeah, I do use them a little interchangeably sometimes. Sure. Sometimes people are like, oh, that's you as well. I didn't know that. But right, yeah. right. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I mean, okay. Just trying to. Well, how know. did you guys get partnered with uh, KWA? How did that come? So, so I told you I work, you know, my day job is in marketing, publicity. Uh, I work for an agency in Los Angeles that works with, you know, various um, film studios, TV networks, things like that. So coming from that world and then getting involved in Airsoft just as a player, going to these Milsom events, seeing the way these events and players and teams were being marketed, I kind of felt like there was a big gap in terms of like this really saturated established entertainment field that I was working in professionally mm. and then my hobby which was airsoft that really aside from a couple companies like there wasn't a lot going in terms of content entertainment value no huh? and then talking with like different players who were kind of already doing some stuff on the marketing promotion side uh RGK airsoft shout out to Kev was kind of one of the first people oh, yeah. to put me on KWA and it just so happened me and him and had a conversation like the day after I had, I had just sent a cold email to KWA. So as he's telling me, Hey, you should reach out to these guys. I literally get a response that same night from KWA. Yeah. Um, kind of expressing interest in, in my pitch. And essentially what I sent them was a pitch for me to bring them in um, as a client where I worked and do some marketing and promotions and publicity for them to, try and grow their recognition kind of within airsoft and beyond. Um, so during that time, I brought them on as a client for about four or five months, I think yeah. um, did some really effective things. If you saw the uh, speed QB video where they go and um, play airsoft with Migos, the rap group. Oh yeah. Uh, that's something I was able to help oh, secure and make happen okay. for them. Um we sent a number of like different special edition guns out to different celebrities. I won't say who because they yeah. didn't post them themselves, but uh, okay. you know, gotcha. just gave it a shot. Just kind of seeing where we could land. A couple things hit, a couple things did it, right. and ultimately, um, just kind of kept working with KWA. Not only as like my client, but then they kind of saw what I was doing with the content and gameplay stuff from the Biohazard account. So it slowly became this thing where instead of them being my client, ended up kind of becoming more of a partnership. Mm -hmm. um, so once they really kind of started working with me in the biohazard capacity, I kind of started getting the ambition to create a content series called Tactical League. Yeah. And the idea was we were going to take kind of a similar format to what they've done with Fight Night with that 1v1 format and create a more, you know, video game-esque, Mil, you know, Milsom-esque um, force-on-force version of that. Mm -hmm. So that's where the I came up with the idea for Tactical League. That concept is right now in production. We've filmed um, one match or one one week of the season so far. It's going to come out as a multi-episode, multi-event kind of season one um, with plans to expand it from there. So that's in production. But once we started building that, then an opportunity came up um, to host a public version of it. And originally the idea was, let's just do this so people know what it is. We can get some content from it, just make people more aware. Yeah. Hosted a public event at SC Village, and then it just went crazy. Like the buzz based off of that one event not only built a huge kind of splash within the Airsoft community, 
But the owners at SC Village kind of realized what was going on. Just so happened Gio DiGidio, who's one of the like longtime owners there, was out that day, came over the field just because he heard what was going on and um, instantly kind of fell in love with it. Okay. So um, he propositioned us like, hey, I want one of these every month. <laughs> he was like, can you do it? And at this point, we hadn't planned to run anything. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, we, we can try. We can try. Yeah. So that ended up kind of being the backbone for our first year of operation. And then once we realized what we had in terms of like the format and how people were responding to it, then it just became about expanding. Um, so yeah, man, now we're 13 months in and um, about to go to Atlanta for the first time in March. Oh, shit. Uh, working on different markets right now. Um, what, are you, no, what are you doing in Atlanta? Well, we're going to be at SS Airsoft actually hosting our uh, first event there called uh, Tactical League Black Ops. Oh, so, shit. Gonna, okay. Yeah, going to go visit Steve and everybody at SS. Um, super excited to get out there. I think we're taking uh, OC Airsoft uh, with us yeah. for a little trip since that's one of his uh, favorite fields to go to. Oh, and that's yeah, wild. Uh, all over the Southwest already. Um, we'll be at Freedom Airsoft. Uh, next month with Jenny Lynn at her family's field in yeah. Tucson. Um, and then after that, you know, I was at SHOT Show all week in Vegas for KWA and having conversations with different field owners. Looks like we're going to be going to uh, Extreme Airsoft in Rhode Island. Um, oh Nashville, Air- Yeah, Nashville Airsoft, who you brought up earlier. Yep. You know, probably going to be out there. Uh, Missouri, Oregon, Minnesota. Kind of hitting a lot of different markets. Holy trying to just see where we fit in man bro you've got yeah yeah. well i was uh, asking about the ss thing because uh we're only uh two hours i'm exactly two hour drive from uh ss airsoft i went there uh, me and my two sons went there for um the uh call of duty event that they had there back in i want to say it was august but i'm not sure uh somewhere around there and um i met uh you know it was they had some big, big player or big people there. Uh, Alex Zedra, um, yeah. Jammer Actual, Jammer. you know, yeah. Got yeah, to Jammer's, are, Jammer's our guy. He came out to our uh, Arizona Freedom event last October. Okay, uh, he's a good guy, man. I, I yeah, saw that event though. Looked crazy. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. I actually got him to sign him and Alex to sign one of our uh, airsoft guns. So uh, we have M sixteen A one. Vietnam era uh, uh, airsoft. We actually have two of them. So my sons, their first milsim was a Vietnam event, and they had to be in, you know, appropriate gear and guns and all that stuff. So they bought the, uh, I don't even know what brand they are, but um, they're hanging on the wall here. Uh, But anyway, so when I was looking up here, I'm like, what guns could I take or gun uh, to this SS event? to um to have all these people sign it because i wanted uh so i've had um spooky airsoft and uh her husband nick who's uh who's also a, a fellow marine uh he was in the marines i was in the marines you know uh 30 years apart of course um mm-hmm. i'm a lot older but uh but yeah uh so they that's their home field and so i had each of them sign it and then i had alex and jammer sign it um but uh yeah, I was out there. It was a crazy event. It was really cool. Uh, but yeah, that's only two hours from us. So if you're going to be there in March, what, what uh, weekend in March? 
Uh, March 18th, I believe. Really? Yeah, let me, let me okay. triple check that really quickly. Yeah, we're might, looking at... Um, okay. March 18th, man. We will be out there. I might add that to my calendar, honestly, because, uh, like I said, that is only, that's a Saturday. Okay. Yes, sir. Oh, the day after St. Patty's Day, right. Oh, that'd be perfect, bro. I'll be hungover from uh, Friday night, St. Patty's Day. <laughs> and I didn't realize it was St. Patty's Day, man. We're getting into Atlanta yeah, on Friday. Buddy. Might have to oh make, it a, make it a event. show. But... KWA event. I mean, bio. So what is this going to be, a, a tactical league event so, so or biohazard? So it's KWA tactical league. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So that's that'll be that. Now, do you guys do... Um, does Biohazard do? Are you guys doing events, or, or it's all the so same, right? They're they're kind of all the same. Think of okay. KWA as a more of a specific event series, and Biohazard more as a production company. Okay, we're kind of taking a little bit of like the you know, I told you my you know background with like the right. film production stuff. Mm-hmm. Trying to take a little bit of that. So you know, Biohazard is the credited kind of production brand. Working yeah. on Tactical League, working on you know a couple other content things right now, um, doing some of the publicity and promotions and marketing. We're going to do consulting for different brands as well, um, trying to break into that a little bit. Um, Good. Just given, like, I just need to, just working on adding to the team right now. Like, really our focus for the beginning of this year going into year two is first staffing up. Um, and then once we're able to staff up, just kind of pushing everything so it's just a little bit more fleshed out in terms of like a website. Um, yeah. Our promotion window right now is still pretty tight on events. Probably have about two months lead time. Um, gotcha. On average, we want to extend that. So everything's being promoted five, six months early just to help grow uh, the, the player base, you know? Um, yeah. Is that, know. is that the normal kind of, as far as promotion, like time uh, for events? I mean, just in general, not airsoft events, whatever, but, just in general, like if you're going to promote something, uh, it should be started what five six months ahead. Generally, no. Generally, it is a lot shorter. But oh, okay, you know, with airsoft especially, like there isn't that. Like if you want to promote a concert, there's a million places you can go to promote your concert, right? Between yeah. Ticketmaster and social media, you know, airsoft is very limited, especially with how little the social media platforms like what we're doing. Um, right. You know, in terms of. Limiting the exposure of our posts on well, Instagram. That's, right. that's kind of what I was going to get to after is how, where, where do you, you know, where can you promote, like run ads yeah. and that kind of thing? Because I can't do Facebook. I can't do just like six months ago, Instagram cut my shit off, uh, yeah, gonna- which is, I'm going to tell you, that's so annoying. I'm going to tell you what's annoying. It's not annoying that they shut it off. That's fine. It's the, the fact that it like, their app doesn't know that I'm cut off. So every time I make a post, which is every day, because I'm I'm releasing five podcasts a week, Monday through Friday, for the last since like well, for the last month or five weeks now. I've been uh, seeing you, man. The, Staying busy. Uh, Staying oh, busy. I, yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. Seeing it. I love it. I love it. Um my calendar's packed, bro. Packed. <laughs> um and, uh, and, and before that it was, uh, I was doing Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So for like six months or maybe five months, uh, three days a week, I was releasing them. So I'm posting the, you know, the thumbnail and, uh, you know, promotion thing, whatever, like 
like here here's the next like tomorrow i do that little countdown timer on instagram uh so tomorrow yeah. you know like tomorrow like uh baby goat the one with the uh, tacos baby goat comes out yeah so i had the countdown timer on there and every time i make a post instagram comes up and says boost your post it's like dude can you stop like <laughs> i feel like it's do you, you know you ever watched uh the cartoon charlie brown like years yeah. ago Okay, you know, Lucy is always uh-huh. always talks Charlie Brown into I'll hold the ball for you and you can kick it, right? She's gonna hold the, the football yeah. and he'll kick it. And he gets duped into it every time and she pulls it away every time and he falls on his back. I'm is like that you trying I, to boost your <laughs> every time I see this fucking thing come up, I'm like, you guys are just like you're really just fucking with me now, okay? You're really just messing with me because you know. Like you're the ones that cut me yeah. off. I can't boost yeah. it. And, but you're still putting this up here every day and I have to click the little X to get rid of it. Oh, bro. Yeah, man. It, honestly, there's no, I hate to say it right now in its current form, there's no workaround. Yeah. Really. There's only a couple things you can lean on from, in my yeah. experience. Um, number one is finding good partners, people who will gotcha. cross promote your episodes, brands, whatever right. it is. You know, it's a kind of a core tenant in, in terms of like our priorities when we work with other companies, other teams, other brands is like yeah, kind of that mutual promotion of one another. Because mm. aside from that, there really isn't a way to amplify your post these days. You know, it's, right. it's what I would recommend to every player, every team, every brand in Airsoft who wants to stay relevant within like the marketing world. Yeah. Right now, you have to leverage your your connections, your friend groups. Um, obviously, not use people because no one wants sure. to be used, but but give right. them something in return. You know, do the work of creating that that thirty second snippet of video and audio, yeah. um, and and tagging them and co branding it. Um, that'd be my recommendation, man. Because yeah, the the social media platforms don't like us. It's not just Instagram; it's also TikTok. Um, right. And for those boost things, man, my strategy at this point is like I just try and stay off their radar as much as possible. Sometimes I'll get things flagged that they're being removed. Um, I tend to appeal them most of the time and try and explain, you know, this is airsoft, same thing as paintball. Yeah. And a lot of times it does get rescinded um, because part of the issue is it's not necessarily someone looking directly at your page and be like, oh, I don't like that. Right. 95% of the time, it's the algorithm. The algorithm yeah, picking what, up. What is it picking up? Because I'm really curious about how it differentiates the um, Airsoft to Real Steel. Because I, I follow a lot of Real Steel channels on Instagram. And they, they're steadily going, bro. Like, they post all the time. I see not just, you know, them shooting targets, but... I see stuff on Instagram that's like, uh, you know, hunting, right? They're yeah. showing like cutting open a hog that they, you know, hunted, which I don't mind at all. But I'm as far yeah. as like if I'm trying to analyze why does – now, my posts don't get I, – I haven't had anything, you know, uh, you know, banned or, or restricted or whatever as far as uh, my posts on, on uh, Instagram except the fact that my whole – page cannot promote you know or or buy an ad or whatever but um you know it's i'm going what is what what is the what is it seeing 
or noticing or hearing that is different from real steel that I, I don't I don't get it. I really don't understand. Is it someone told me that maybe it's because the the word airsoft is kind of associated with the younger like miners as opposed to real steel is not. Um I, I don't know. And I've seen people put disclaimers on their stuff for airsoft and I'm going, real steel doesn't put disclaimers. So that yeah, doesn't make no. sense to me. You don't, yeah, you don't, don't need to put disclaimers. That's common misconception. I see a lot of people do ultimately really doesn't matter. You know, you're, if you're yeah. going to appeal it, you're going to explain that anyways. Um, what it's picking up is essentially it's almost, it's um, what is the word I'm looking for? Hold on. Hold on. Not artificial intelligence. I'll think of the word. The algorithm has a method of machine learning. There we go. It's utilizing machine learning to figure out what guns are, what mm. ties into the two-way community. So it's not just seeing a firearm on the screen. It's certain certain words that are affiliated with two-way, you yeah. know, guns, things like that. And we're not. No one's getting banned because of it, right? Because right, they're not. Right leading your Instagram saying you can't have an Instagram because you're posting about airsoft or because you're posting right. about guns. What they're doing is they're demonetizing. So they're making yeah. it so your posts aren't showing up at the top of people's feeds. Your You cannot boost your posts through ads. You cannot generate revenue from your content because it's not fitting community guidelines. Yeah. Kind of the gray area for us is community guidelines does include guns. So all those other accounts you're talking about, are demonetized as well. Mm. The problem is airsoft is being kind of lumped in there, you know, within yeah, that right. list of of goods. But airsoft isn't explicitly stated, and also I don't see that happening with paintball. Paintball guys can run ads. There's no issues there. Right. The thing with guns is you think about to scale how much you know airsoft is massive, but the gun audience. Think about how many guns there are for you know per capita, like that. Yeah audience itself is massive so if you're operating in that world you're going to have a natural amount of growth as long as your content is up to a certain level and then the really big gun people think of the gun brands like if you go and look at the major say five airsoft brands on instagram and then look at the five major gun brands look at the scale like you're talking about 400 million i think for heckler and cock versus you know uh, I'll take KWA as an example. They're one of the larger ones. I think they're at like 90,000 or 100,000 or something like that. Wow. Which is a lot, you know, especially for airsoft. That's a lot, but, you, but a huge gun difference. Is massive, yeah. And I, I saw a lot of that at SHOT Show, too. It's like a lot of these okay. guys are hard-up gun guys, but they don't know much of anything about airsoft. And the people yeah. who did know were super excited, you know, to, to see KWA there, to see Evike there, and to these different booths but the vast majority of people still did not really even know what it was so no, that's kind of like been the main motivation with everything we're doing on the content side on the event side is just to help grow the awareness of it because i think the more we can grow it and make it more mainstream kind of it's in the same way paintball has become very mainstream mm-hmm. the stigma is going to wear off of them you know um right you know, for better or for worse. I don't, I don't necessarily think there should be a stigma attached, regardless of whether you're talking about 
airsoft or um, you know the good aspects of the real steel community. Sure. But you know the being the situation what it is, you know, if we're yeah. gonna get the ability back to promote our stuff on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube, um, I think we have to just create more awareness for the decision makers and the people designing the algorithm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point for sure. Yeah, that's uh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, it, I know that there's been a lot of people that I've talked with that have really tried to figure out, like, what is the secret to posting the right stuff? You know, I I have never really put that much thought into it. Okay, um, and this uh, monthly episode that we do um, called the monthly backspin. And we've only been doing it for uh, four months now. And uh, we just recorded the uh, January's version just uh, last weekend. So we have a, a, a handful of guests on, and then I have a co-host with me. And as we're talking, we, we actually had a uh, kicking Mustang was one of the uh, guests. And, um, and he is talking like on next level shit about how like even down to the words he uses in his videos he will not say certain things because yeah. he's like well and, and the other thing too is he's got inside knowledge because he's got an actual youtube rep that he can talk with on the phone like you know uh and and get insight as to how the algo works. He's like, yeah, the algo picks up this and that. So you don't want to put this. He's like, if you don't use this tag and you like, he's given some real tips. And I mean, I'm going to him. They're probably really uh, like common sense kind of thing because he's been doing it for so long. Like he's understands how it works. And, uh, and I'm going, what? I don't, holy shit bro you don't even say yeah and somebody said oh so what do you say like replica he's like no uh-uh you do not say replica in your videos do not say if you want the algo you know on youtube to pick up this and that um you you don't want to say this like it was really down like he's getting it down to a science you know with that kind yeah, of thing. Man. oh here's the crazy thing is i'm sure he knows um a lot of it really intricately in terms of knowing a lot of details but yeah you know it's a relatively new thing machine learning especially yeah you know keyword search keyword phrasing things like that have been around for a long time but the difference is now the system is learning what words what combination of words what types of words pick up on by itself because that's what it's essentially designed to do mm. whereas before there had to be a human input kind of saying hey airsoft oh, pew pew these right. different word groups you know, it would search that way. Now with the programs, they're picking these things up themselves. So sometimes your post, even though it's not a photo of this or it's not a thing talking about COVID, whatever, whatever it is, whatever yeah. the topic is, it's getting looped in by the algorithm because of some, you know, keyword or something that's getting tied yeah. into machine learning. Um, and, you know, that's why a lot of those things, when you appeal them, even the airsoft stuff, after you appeal them and it goes to a human person, they're like, oh, yeah, 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 right, right. That's just, It's fine, you know, yep, it's, it's good. It's just airsoft, they let it go through. <laughs> yeah. Occasionally, it doesn't happen. And once you get enough of those where they don't overturn them, they start deleting things, they yeah. start suspending accounts. Um, so, yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's an evolving thing. I 
think it's something that we're going to have to navigate and contend with on the airsoft sure. side. My recommendation, there's kind of two ways to go about it. It's either you get it down to a science, mm-hmm. which the science will tell you, you have to be consistent as hell in terms yeah, of exactly. posting certain times every day, using specific language, language, et cetera, et cetera. And some guys abide by that, especially the really big ones. Um, yeah. Worked with a really big influencer recently for one of our events, and he was very particular in terms about like stuff he could post, when he could post it, et cetera. That's one way to go about it. I have a full-time day job, two kids, you know, multiple hands and multiple things. I don't really have time for that. So my strategy Same. is kind of... Yeah, my strategy has kind of been instead of taking that approach, just to focus on the content we're putting out and make sure that I think it's of a certain quality. Right. And yes, that's not going to grow the account at the same rate as maybe an influencer, the way they approach it in terms of a very calculated, consistent approach. But it has led to a steady growth, even if it isn't massive, just based off of awareness and then also partners. You know, yeah. the, the partnership uh, thing is really the leverage I was talking about, that whether you're right. taking the calculated approach or just focusing on consistency or good content, if you have partners in place amplifying your things, then would highly recommend that. And I've seen your um, your Instagram. Let me, let me go do it really quickly, if you don't mind. Sorry. Yeah, of course, dude. Yeah, I appreciate the uh, info. Yeah, it's uh, – I, I'm the same way. I don't – I really do not look at, in fact, it was just, uh, I think yesterday or the day before, um, I was in the bathroom on the phone, you know, normal. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, before I had to leave for work and, uh, and I'm scrolling, I'm like, I have not looked at like how many followers or whatever, you know, on Instagram. I, I don't yeah. check that very often. Honestly, I don't click on my own like thing. Um, because I'm constantly since I started releasing so many podcasts, I'm always thinking, okay, do I have this thumbnail on my phone? Can I post it? You know, whatever. Am I ready before I leave for work? And, um, so I, uh, I, I'm looking at it and I clicked on there. I'm like, Oh, we hit 2000 followers. Okay, cool. That's awesome. man. I, you know, I appreciate all that, the growth and, um, and I, I, but I honestly, I don't look at how many likes I get. I get those notifications, you know, on Instagram, uh, like, Oh, you, this post is doing 97% better than your other posts. I'm like, yeah, my other post got like three likes. So it's not really saying, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. So I don't really look at how many, you know, all these different things. I just, I really care about people. Um, honestly, I'm a people person. Uh, I love talking with people. I love meeting people. I, I, I really love people. And, uh, I don't care about this influencer thing and, and how many likes and shares and whatever I'm getting. Somebody told me not long ago on your story stuff, you can go in, I guess on all your stuff, you can go in on Instagram and see all kind of analytics and stuff, um, as to how many people saw your story or something. And, uh, man, I don't, I had no clue you could see all that shit. And I'm like... Yeah, man. I guess there could be, you know, it makes sense. There's people that really get it, you know, like, oh my God, I got to see this. You know, once they find that out, they like, they're, they're, they obsess over it. Like who, who looked at my stuff and 
uh, like, I guess you could see the story, but not like it or something, right? Like, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I can't follow all that shit, bro. I don't have time. It's not yeah. a big deal to me. So I just Listen, post man. what I post and I don't care if it's whatever. I, don't, I just don't care. I think that's the right approach, man. Like I, I come from a world where people, you know, very in depth, like know all the ins and outs and oh, right. it's, yeah, just, your job it's, for it's sure. just a lot of work, man. Like, you know, my thing is like, why not free yourself up and just post things you enjoy posting yeah. Right. Use Have it as fun. a creative outlet. Let the content speak for itself, especially if you're enjoying it and you think you're doing good work. Right. It's the zeitgeist. The community is going to figure it out at one point or another. Right. And it'll it'll pull in who it's going to pull in. Um, you know, the, uh, that's the approach I've kind of taken with our stuff. Yeah. I could hone it in more. Um, you know, some guys approach it that way and see more rapid growth. But ultimately, it's like. Well, you know, too, you know, you're talking about like a promoter, uh, you know, publicist and stuff. And I'm like, man, over the last, I don't know, six months, I have these ideas, right? I want to do this and I want to do this. Like, I want to make these little short things for Instagram to promote the podcast, you know, Uh, not to promote me, but I want to take small clips of people I've talked with or whatever and promote them on on here and i'm going bro i just don't know when i have time i don't know i don't i don't know when to do it <laughs> it's the biggest challenge man you just gotta yeah. do it you know if, know, if you want to do it you just gotta you gotta right after this call throw it up on the screen for 10 minutes and find 30 seconds no you know? shit here's here's what i would say though is one thing you can do that doesn't take a lot of extra effort yeah you're creating these posts tagging all these different players right in your posts yes yeah. And you're seeing them share it to their story. Yeah. What will be more effective for you instead of only getting on their story, you can do what's called a collaborator tag. Have you seen that on your Instagram? Yeah. When you go to tag people in the photo, there's a button to the right next to tag per, you know, tag account. Yeah. The right of it, it says add collaborator. Oh, really? So you can pick one collaborator per post. You can't change your collaborator after you post it. You can't. You can cancel it if you really want to. You should be collaborating, collaborator tagging all of these players and their accounts. All they have to do is hit accept. And that post that you're posting will have two owners. It'll have you as the original owner. And then the person you tagged as the collaborator, it'll show up on both of your feeds. And it'll show up to both of your audiences. Yeah, if you go to the Tactical League or the Biohazard page... Look yeah. at a lot of our posts, the vast majority of our posts. Most of them are owned by multiple people, usually a teammate or usually sharing between Tax League and Biohazard. And what that means is both of the audience for those accounts see the same individual post instead of having to post it twice or instead of only posting one place. Bro, you just blew my mind. Okay. Yeah, man. Uh, it's I'm been gonna... really, that's, that's the one tool Instagram has given us that has allowed us to like, continue this like yeah. little bit of growth. Right. Um, and that's what I was saying with partners, you know, like getting Evike, I'm sure you can imagine to accept a collaborator tag from us or SC village or KWA. Oh, right. Right. Um, that's kind of what's, what's, what's helped as well. Problem now is that Instagram, when it's demonetizing some of these accounts, yeah. certain accounts are not taggable that way anymore. So, Oh, 
like I said, it's an evolving problem, but right, right. I would highly recommend it, especially with like a lot of these players don't have accounts big enough to get blocked. No, you know what uh, I mean? so that, I'm, so, I'm talking, you know, the people I have on here, most of, I mean, outside of, uh, I think Kicking Mustang, he's the, he's the biggest one I've had on, uh, well, twice now. And, um, yeah, I mean, most people I talk with, uh, they don't have big Instagram accounts that are, they're not, you know, honestly, most people I talk with are not real big into either if they're either they're new into airsoft, like in the last two, three, four years, or, uh, they have been playing airsoft for 15, 20 years, but they're not big into social media. So they don't have big accounts either way. They don't have big accounts, like you said. And, um, uh, and, and I really, those, I, I really enjoy talking with those, those people. Um, it is, uh, it's very interesting, but yeah, the, I, I don't think I've seen that on there. I want to tell you what I have noticed is there's uh, people I follow and their stories will come up and I'll go to like their story and I'll hit that little heart and it says heart not sent or like not sent or some shit, whatever. Like it, it, it turns red and then as soon as I let go, it goes off. And I'm going, what the fuck? And I go, and I try it again, and I try it again. Um, And I'm in an area where there's, like, it works on other people's stories. Um, It's not a connection issue. And uh, and I'm going, what the fuck? Like, and, and, oh, go ahead. Maybe they blocked you, man. Maybe they don't like you. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? You think about that? I mean, that's fine. That's totally fine. Look, man, there's sometimes, you know, like, like I said earlier, you know, personality clash, you know, you ever meet somebody, you're just like, I, of course you, you're going to be polite, you know, you can have manners and stuff, but you're just like, I, I just, this person, I just, they're not somebody I would want to hang out with, like yeah. outside of whatever we have to do together. I'm just not, I'm not, you're not my drinking buddy. That's it. You know? And, uh, <laughs> that's just a personality thing. It's okay. Yeah. It's going to happen for me as well. I understand that. I'm totally fine with it. Nobody's going to hurt my one feeling. It's, uh, you know, the, <laughs> you know, I, when, when you listen to podcasts, okay. When I first started doing these, I'm like, uh, you know, you kind of have to be a little thick skinned whenever you yeah. start opening up a little and posting things on, you know, social media, whatever. Sure. And, uh, and I grew up in an area where we did that kind of put yourself out there in real life, you know, face to face kind of thing. And, um, and you, you get criticism face to face and, uh, and you get, you know, that thick skin. So, uh, and if you like to learn about yourself and try to be better that, you know, if you have that kind of personality, then most of the time you don't take it too personal. Uh, you take it like, um, analytical a little bit and you go, okay, yeah, maybe that, Oh, okay. I, oh, it's like an epiphany. I didn't know. I, you know, because when you look in the mirror, yeah. man, when you look at it, when people look in the mirror at themselves, they don't see what other people see. It's impossible. You can't do it. Like you just cannot see through other people's eyes. So, you know, we look in the mirror, we see all of our defects. My nose is fucked up. My bridge of my nose. Is a bit, <laughs> I've been broken for, you know, like eight times, you know, in wrestling and uh, fights and, you know, so it might be a little crooked. I notice that nobody notices it. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and then people just don't, they don't see themselves the same way. And so mm-hmm. I understand that there's people out there that are going to listen to this podcast or listen, you know, whatever, listen to me, hear me talk and go, 
God, I hate the way that dude, you know, his voice or the way he talks or the way he <laughs> says, um, or he can't get to the point quick enough, you know, cause I ramble a lot. So it's, yeah. um, whatever those things are that that's totally okay. I don't, I don't mind. Uh, it doesn't, you know, it's not going to hurt my one feeling. So it's, it's more of a, yeah, I like learning. I like learning about people. I learn, learn about myself, whatever, but yeah, it's the, uh, now I will say this, um, if they did block me, I guess I wouldn't see their, <laughs> I wouldn't see their story. Right. But it does happen. It's so weird that, and it's only on stories. It doesn't happen on a post. That's, so that's strange, man. I can't say I've seen that before. Really? Although I don't think I, I don't think I'm the best at liking people's stories. How dare I'll you? I'll drop you a better like, like everything, bro. <laughs> I promise I'll like your post and drop a comment, you know, every once in a while, but liking stories, I'll watch them. I'll watch the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. But I just see when Instagram came out, liking stories wasn't possible. So for me, that's like not a natural place. My mind that's goes true. Scrolling. Like Matter the feed fact, is easy, you know, you just double tap yeah. that thing, keep it moving. But right. the story, I just, I treat it more just like. You know, watching something versus I totally forgot about that. That's a new mm-hmm. kind of a newer feature because yeah. uh, we've had our Instagram for you know we started our YouTube channel three and a half years ago, and Instagram like right away. But I didn't run the Instagram the whole time. Mm-hmm. My son, okay. uh, actually, JP, who's on our channel, his uh, he's the, the best friend of my son's that got him into airsoft uh, almost four years ago, and uh, his girlfriend at the time. Uh, she was running the Instagram. So she had her own Instagram, which she was like really good at posting shit and doing, you know, and, and all the, ta- I didn't know what the fuck a tag was. I didn't know. I wasn't on Twitter. I didn't know what a hashtag was. And when people would talk and say, hashtag this, I'm like, what the fuck? What did you say? What is that? <laughs> so, um, so she ran the Instagram and then, uh, and then I had Coltrane, my son, Colton, um, he took over on it when uh, she wasn't doing it. And then, uh, and then I took it over, I guess almost a year ago, I guess maybe, maybe six months. I don't know. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and so I just started learning. That's where I started learning all the different features. And I'm like, I'm still struggling with what is this feature now? How do I do this thing? And uh, so, yeah, anyway, I appreciate any advice. Yes, sir. I mean, you know, I'll stick on with you after if you want me to walk you through that tagging process. It is a, it is really helpful, man. But yeah, yeah, listen, not to, not to shit on the Gen Zers here, but you know, I'm, uh, I'm 34. So I was one of the last generations really to grow up, you know, playing outside and coming in when the streetlights came on up until Uh, pretty much my junior or senior year of high school when MySpace became a thing. And then oh, I went, to, and then I went to college, and Facebook had just come out. The Facebook oh, sh- at the time. So, bro, you just brought up MySpace. Holy shit! I yeah, forgot about yeah, it, bro. yeah. That's that where was, I'm coming from. That man. was the shit back then. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, top eight whole thing, man. So, yeah. so yeah, kind of like going from kid who didn't have social media to suddenly being like still pretty young and yeah. adopting it very quickly. Right. Like that's kind of what's giving me like a base level understanding of this stuff. And then going into the line of work I went into obviously has developed that in sure. a different way. But 
Um, it's been cool, man. I think I attribute a little bit of that knowledge base to like how we've been able to navigate this thing so far and get around some of the Instagram issues and TikTok issues mm. with like yeah. e-platforming and monetization. Um, and quite frankly, it's also a large part of the way I try and sell myself to these different brands and partners uh, sure. um, that that we're we're working with. You know, it's like not only are we fully invested in this airsoft thing, but then we're applying strategy to the content and the social media and the marketing that is hopefully going to, you know, elevate your product, you know, in turn, elevate the partnership, right. elevate us. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, we're here and now. Uh, let's, let's see where it goes. Yeah. No, it's a really good insight on the, um, on that because, uh, yeah, you're right. You know, and that's something I forget. I, I really am in this bubble. Uh, when I, when I, I, biased however you want to say it you know it's um my my uh my view is very narrow with airsoft because i'm only talking with airsofters right now we talk about their life we talk about their background the podcast itself like when i'm talking when i'm having a conversation with somebody is very broad but uh my view is everyone i talk with is so uh, into airsoft and excited about airsoft. I have this view of airsoft as being way more popular than it is. And it's really changed because before I started doing these regularly, I, um, I when I first started doing these, these podcasts more regular, like scheduled, um, I had a couple people on that would say, Oh yeah, paintball or um, airsoft's going to be just like paintball. You know, it's going to be popular. It's you know, I think it'll be televised, that kind of thing. And I, the, you can. It wasn't even that long ago. It's like a hundred podcasts ago. You go back, and I'm sitting there laughing in the podcast, going, "No, it's not. It doesn't even. Nobody even knows." I went on this rant for like ten minutes. Nobody knows airsoft, bro. Go to your local, just go to your local city, downtown city, a major city, and just stand on the, on the street corner, you know, in the summertime when they have like these festivals and stuff, tons of people walking around, wear a shirt that has some kind of airsoft thing, you know, it says airsoft and this, whatever, uh, and be like, and just ask people and film it, ask people, just random people, all ages. Hey, have you ever heard of airsoft? And just look at the look on their face, bro. Uh, Nobody... Have you heard of paintball? Yes, I've heard of paintball. Even and I I said this in the podcast. I said even old ladies, grandmas have heard of paintball. Oh yeah, my grandson played it, you know, that kind of thing. Airsoft, that, they don't even know what the word is, you know? It's uh it's so yeah, weird. Man. Well, it's even like when you get asked what airsoft is by someone you know doesn't know what airsoft is, it's like, oh, yeah, well, it's yeah. kind of like paintball except yes. uh, you know, A B and C. <laughs> yeah. So, I feel you, man. It's it's super niche, man. And that that was one of the challenges when I was working with KWA, at, you know, at my day job as a client, was right. like we were trying to do these really large mainstream things and integrations. And like Migos, for example, wanted to work with us. Like they were yeah. into it. Like they okay. wanted to like become airsofters. Like oh, that's cool. do a whole thing. Yeah. But then it starts coming to contracts and things of that nature, yeah. and like. You know, they're used to these entertainment contracts. And then that's when you realize how small, you know, Airsoft really is. So I think first and foremost, before we're able to get Airsoft on a national stage into the mainstream on TV, 
I think we as a community need to do a good job of building more interconnective tissue within yeah. your state, within your within the country. International markets need to kind of create a more unified airsoft front. And that's not something that's easy. It's not something that's going to be done overnight. But I think, you know, people need to come together and kind of realize that, like, you know, as an event producer, I don't care if people are also going to Lion Claws and Desert Fox events and SC Village's local game and, you know, whoever's. Because ultimately, if all those events are bringing in new airsofters, Right. That's going to help everyone, you know. And it's I, the, I think the old saying, the rising tide raises all ships. So, 100%. yeah. So you're, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. That's, you know, I, you know, you're saying it casually, but that it really is maturity. Like you're, uh, as an event host or a producer, you are, um, you know, to not have that level of competition of, oh, I don't want them to go to Lion Claws event. I want them to come to ours, you know, kind of thing. Um, that possessive, you know, uh, just uh, immaturity, honestly, it is because you don't, you can't see the bigger picture if you're like that. And, um, you understand the bigger picture. So you understand yours is going to grow even if these other ones grow. And that's not why you're feeling that way or thinking that way, you know, to get that benefit. It's just, uh, you understand, Hey, uh, I love this hobby. I love this sport. Um, I love putting on these events. And I still don't mind if somebody goes to another event. Like, duh. Like, we're, it's okay. Like, it all it all kind of raises everyone up uh, yeah, and man. more awareness. It's, it's not even that if they go to these – even if they go to these events, mine's going to grow. It's especially if they go to these yeah. events – True. To grow, you know, it's it's yeah. uh it's cyclical, man, and you know, it's one of the reasons that you know when we designed this thing, we kind of found a path that isn't quite Milsim, isn't quite Walk On, isn't quite Speed QB, um, but hopefully we want to be a conduit to get players to take airsoft more seriously and yeah. to get into the Milsim games. Ultimately, we feel like the more guys we can convert from casual Walk On players to Milsim players that's where you're going to get dedication to community. And same thing with, you know, what you yeah. see SYG doing with the sweet QB scene, the more guys they can convert from weekenders to competitive right. airsofters, it's going to grow the sport. And yeah, each format, each event series, doesn't matter what it is, is going to be limited to scale just according to what the airsoft market is. But if everyone right. is kind of pulling their own weight and the fields and owners and event producers start working together more, the brands as well, and ultimately, that's going to be what helps build this thing and elevate it to the point where we can produce something that is going to be more marketable. And I'll tell you right now, like, you watch ESPN, you watch these various digital networks, there's all these sports, you know, competitive uh, dart throwing, competitive hacky sack, like all these yes. different sports you're seeing, then go to Twitch. Look how many people are streaming Call of Duty. Look how many people are streaming these video games. Yep. It's not that far apart from someone being able to connect those dots. And, That's you true. know, I really feel like, you know, with, with kind of my background, the world I operate in 9 to 5, I really just want to give it a shot to, like, be one of the people to try and connect these dots. But, you know, without the various other big brains within the community 
sport on board. Um, it's not something that's that's going to happen or that's feasible until we get more cooperation and people buying in. And you know, it doesn't even have to be Tactical League. It could be Nelson West. It could be any of these other brands that are blowing up. But it yeah. it really is going to take like a full community effort to um, make this thing more mainstream. And you know, some people are hesitant about that. They don't want the mainstream to know about airsoft, or they think that it's going to tarnish it, or it's going to get outlawed because of it. Oh, ultimately, I, gotcha. I, yeah. I have the other approach, man. The more we can make it mainstream and make it known, the more people are going to want to invest money in it. Because I think uh, yeah. any player who's played Airsoft now can attest to the fact that, you know, it's uh, great for camaraderie. It's a great, you know, physical outdoor event. Um, there's yeah. a lot of elements to it that do uh, benefit a lot of people. And ultimately, uh, you know, if done the right way, it could be a a uh, really healthy and just positive outlet for a lot of people. Yeah. Did you see, um, you know, in uh, Canada, you know, the stuff that's going on there where they're, uh, they were talking about just a few months ago, talking about uh, introducing a bill that would basically get rid of airsoft, whatever, in the country. And um, Yeah, I think it was called C21, right? Right. And they, uh, I had a couple guys on from Canada that, uh, well, two guys, they run uh, ELR Airsoft out in Canada, it's extreme long range airsoft or whatever. And they, um, one of the guys, the older guy, is uh, actually a member of like a representative kind of, I guess, in parliament over there. So he's very involved in the politics. He's been talking with the politicians over there about airsoft when that bill came up. And, um, there is a uh, a really large YouTube channel that's uh, the guy is in is from Canada is in Canada. Oh my gosh, um, I can't think of who it is. Uh, it's not C seven. No, C 7s here. Um, He's in the US, right? Oh my gosh, and you know what's weird is I always get it mixed up with uh, OC Airsoft. So I actually reached out to OC Airsoft. You said he was going to be at, um, you know, the uh, event where you guys are going in Atlanta. Um, yeah, are you trying to uh, chat with him? Trying to have yeah, him I'm trying to call? chat with him. And he said he's really shy and he doesn't want to. Yeah, yeah. So and and that's <laughs> been a common thing, uh, or not not that common, but it's it is. Um, I, I've had a handful of people that have, like, I don't want to, you know, like they just don't feel like they're channel or whatever their social media kind of thing is is uh they don't feel important enough to be on a podcast and i'm going bro have you seen my podcast because they're not professional (laughs) like i don't know what i'm doing i'm not a big channel i'm not a big whatever like i don't even know so um but yeah there's uh um anyway there's a big youtube channel the guy took that runs this youtube channel he actually took the um a member of parliament to an airsoft event. I did. I saw the video and he filmed. I wish I could properly credit him, but yeah, Yeah. I did. I did see the video. Um, I've actually mentioned it a couple of other times uh, and and mentioned his channel when I could remember what it was. Uh, Dude, I apologize for not remembering right now, but uh, (laughs) anyway, uh, I can see his face too. Uh, But anyway, he took a member of parliament out there and, it was um, this lady, she's probably in her late 30s, early 40s, 
had no clue, just like we were talking about, no clue what Airsoft was. But um, she goes out there and she is just blown away, like really pleasantly surprised about the community, just like everyone else that gets into Airsoft uh, that is, you know, myself included, that is just blown away by how uh, how cool the community is. You know, it's um, yeah. So I, I feel like um, people on the outside, especially, you know, when these politicians are trying to, you know, figure out laws for shit, whatever. And uh, like what you're talking about, you know, people are afraid that Airsoft's going to get banned. Um, I can see that side of it because the guns do look like real guns. Paintball guns don't look like real guns, so they don't even worry about that. But um, it is when 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 the when this lady went out there, she was like, "Wow, okay, you know," and it really helped kind of change the the mindset of you know. And she took that back with her to this you know discussion uh, in Parliament. So yeah, I think you're right, man. the The awareness is really it's it's got to spread. It's got to grow more. And, and I think I have the same problem that a lot of airsofters do. Like I said, I'm, I'm very narrow-minded when it comes to this because everyone I talk to is so into it. Oh, I've been playing for 20 years. I've been So I have this idea that airsoft is way more popular than it is. And then I'm like, oh, wait, nobody knows what this is. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, I mean look, hey, man, it, it's huge. It's global. You know, it's, it's yeah. across the U.S., all the various regions have great airsoft communities, which we're slowly and surely starting to find out just through these trips we're taking to these local fields. We were just at right. D14 late last year. Um, oh, you, know, you guys giant, are at D14. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Giant airsoft out there in the North Dallas area as well. You know, going out yeah. to Freedom, Combat Zone in Northern California. It's uh, it's millions and millions of people across, across the country, across the world. It's just very yeah. spread out very siloed you know it's it's you only play and hang out with the people at your local field or your local city or your local town it's not as interconnected i think as it as it could be as a lot of things are you know even even things like you know back when pokemon was in its heyday magic the gathering like you know all that stuff had real like really elaborate kind of framework for it all that connected the different players and communities and i don't think there's enough of that you know i think certain events and certain brands are starting to, I mean, look at Evike, you know, in terms of the way they've been able to capture the audience, obviously they're the biggest retailer. So there's a very clear reason for that, but they've started to leverage that with content started to leverage that, you know, with what they're doing at these events. And I think, um, more people who can kind of find a way to bring the community together. Um, that's really where you're going to see the the big growth happen, you know? Um, and just talking to people, getting more, getting new players involved, giving people more gameplay options. Um, yeah, yeah bro. that's really where it's going to go. I, I am really speaking of being blown away by the, the this hobby and and learning all this stuff. I am blown away by all these uh, different types of events. Like airsofters have, as far as a hobby goes, I think they have the most variety uh diverse i don't know um that they have the most choices right that you could ever have in whatever they style that they want to get into so 
you know, I've been talking, you know, saying this thing, whatever, with the, with different people I've talked with. So when you, when you get out of college, when you get out of high school, when you get out of the military, whatever it is, once, once you kind of settle down a little bit, you know, you, you start working normal, uh, hours, you know, a full-time job, whatever, maybe you have a family, you want to get into a, a hobby. So what do you, what, what are your choices, right? You got golf. That was a really popular one for years, right? I never liked golf. Uh, I like putt-putt golf with my kids, you know, and, uh, <laughs> but, you know, my wife and I have five kids and, uh, we always, and they were all close together and we always took them, you know, to wherever we would go for vacation. There was always that putt-putt golf thing. We take them. I was never a golfer, but if you're an adult, you want to play golf, you could play golf. You could do, I guess, get on a softball, right? League. That was kind of yeah. popular, like, especially with like churches and stuff. Um, bowling, right? Bowling teams, bowling leagues, uh, maybe basketball, like what you said, you know, intramural basketball, uh, not too much more because once you get a little, once you get like late twenties, early thirties, even if you love football, most people aren't playing football in their thirties. Because it's no, fucking man. rough, bro. You start hurt. You just twist an ankle, like you said with <laughs> yeah. with basketball. You roll an ankle. That's really you know common. Uh, yeah, that fucker takes way longer to heal than when you were you know seventeen. <laughs> so yeah, man. Listen, I I tell my wife, I'm like, hey, baby, this is one of the few like pure hobbies left that I can yeah. take part in that don't require me to gamble or drink. Right. Or, uh, or be degenerate like most of my friends, you know? It's like, when a lot How dare kids, you? Your friends are the... awesome. <laughs> no, they're, they're great. They're a great time. But uh, I can't take them everywhere, you know? Um, oh, that's funny. Yeah, man. It's one of the only, like, pure things, I think, that, that I, I do that we as as uh, airsofters have that, you know, really just allows for escapism and immersion and right. really, I, you know, I, I did it to get out of everyday life in terms of just um, the stress of obviously, you know, managing a career, managing a family. Um, you know, I mentioned I, I had just kind of gotten really into it like four years ago, like when I jumped right. back in, really kind of took off for me. Part of the reason was uh, me and my wife had lost a child, oh, um, shit. Uh, a newborn with yeah, yeah, no, thank you. Uh, my my son, my our third child, was born with a uh, a genetic disorder that kind of went undetected until he was born, and then it was like suddenly we went from like the joy of like about to welcome our third child into the world, you know, to all of a sudden like finding out that you know he wasn't going to make it past a week essentially. So after that, you know, had had obviously time away from work and was just looking for something to like occupy my time and, and mind a little bit. And that's really where Airsoft came sure. in. I think that's why I jumped into it so hard was like, it really allowed me to like escape kind of that time in my life in terms of like some of the stresses and, you know, sadness and all the things that come with that shock and, and not escape it in an unhealthy way where I wasn't right. able to address it when I was with my family or with my wife, but yeah. more of a healthy outlet for me just to, um, you know, get something, some physical time in as well as, um, you know, work on a passion that really was a creative outlet and allowed me to like just separate myself a little bit from, from that situation. So yeah, for me, man, that's kind of where it, it yeah. started again, where I rekindled my fire. And, you know, I think, um, 
a lot of people could benefit from that, from having that that bit of escapism just to sure. to get out, get themselves out of their own head in terms of their job or their issues at home or yep. you know what have you. Um, you know, I, I think that's a really underrated part of airsoft, along with the community, of course. Um, Definitely, bro. Yeah, it, it, it goes to show you how hungry people are within the community for something extra yeah. beyond just showing up to their local field and playing every other right. weekend. Like people want that connection. They want that, you know, think about when you're like really on it, right. In terms of airsoft, like really invested, really interested. You're not just playing, you're spending your time on evike looking up different guns, attachments yeah. on YouTube, looking at gameplay, uh, you know, doing these different things. Like people want more, more immersion, more integration into right. their everyday. So the more you can offer them in terms of content, like a podcast, um, you know, gameplay reviews, any of that stuff. Like as long as it's of a certain quality and you're really kind of putting your all into it in terms of, um, you know, just putting, putting stuff out there that, that the community desires. I think people are going to gravitate towards it, which is part of the reason I tell people, especially like, guys on my team who you know are maybe taking the route of you know trying to grow their base in terms of audience and be more in the content creator realm it's like don't do it just for the sake of getting followers because then it's going to turn into a job you're going to burn yourself out you're not going to enjoy it like just yeah focus on what you control put out good stuff that you enjoy making and you think represents you well and the rest is going to take care of itself, you know. Don't worry about fucking algorithms or clout or any of that shit. Like, yeah. that's going to fall into place as long as you're doing what you need to do in terms of the foundation. Right. And, um, yeah, man, I think uh, I think with where you're coming from in terms of what got you in and, and your passion for it, um, you know, it's nice to meet people like that who have that kind of, like, pure motivation for why they're doing it it's not to to just get money or to to get um followers and notoriety it's literally about community and kind of that exchange right because you're not just getting something from them you hope you're giving something to them and in turn it's a it's a healthy kind of one-for-one mutual benefit not just uh, a one-way relationship like so many other facets of life and you know yeah everything so yeah well, i think a lot of people i think a lot of people uh they see when i when i ask them to be on the podcast you know i invite people to be on or whatever i think they see um not a lot of people but i, I think they see an opportunity to not in a negative way but uh oh yeah this is cool you know like he's got so many podcasts out which i do but oh his youtube channel i'm like bro I promise you, nobody watches this shit. Okay, you're not your your Instagram ain't gonna fucking blow up overnight because we did a podcast. I promise you. Okay, like nobody, uh, you know. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't get that many hits or follows or whatever. You know what I mean? Views and all that kind of shit. So, uh, and they're like, oh, that's cool. You know, whatever. And and everyone has been super. Uh, uh, awesome man like respectful and um excited to be on and i i like that i like most of the people i've had on it's their first time being on a podcast um i honestly i feel like even now 
I feel like this is my first time being on a podcast because yeah. when I'm talking with somebody, they're mm-hmm. so like, uh, they've anticipated it and, and they're excited about it and they're excited about what we're talking about. You know, the, the yeah. shit about them and how they got into it, uh, that it, I, I, like I said, I like being inspired, you know, it's a, it's a cool thing. So, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, everyone has desire for expression, right? Like right. whether it's your kit, whether it's your gun, your content, um, just being able to have a platform to talk about kind of your, your viewpoints on things that you're really usually just talking about with your friends, you know, on Sundays right. at the field. Um, it's part of the reason we're into it, you know, so the idea of being able to do it with uh, with new people, you know, is, is always exciting. It's something I enjoy, man. It's part of the reason I wanted to come here, chat with you today was just to, to connect the dots and really continue to just like build build the cohesion between the different communities and regions and all that because, you know, right. I think we're, we're, we all have the same desires in mind in terms of what we want out of Airsoft, but it's like until we find a way to really start connecting all of that, like it's, you know, it's always going to be only a fraction of what it could be. So I've got, uh, before we wrap up, I got a couple questions for you. Um, one is what is your favorite, uh, gun to run or recommendation for a new player to start out with a gun for, uh, you know, recommended gun for a new player. So, uh, kind of a, a three part answer here. Uh, favorite gun to run outdoors right now is my uh, VFC Scar H DMR. Have it uh, flat hopped and crank up, cranked up to about 500 FPS with the 2.0. God so, bless it, bro. Yeah, man, running four, <laughs> running four threes out of that thing. It's a holy it's shit. A, it's a great DMR. I'm taking it to BFLA Desert Fox events in uh, a few weeks. I don't get to run it that often, except for at major milsons or at tactical league events because we have a dmr class but when i can use it that thing is pretty fire um i run a kwa mod 3 indoors that is the uh ronin line mod 3 with the stick mags uh really really fun to use my best competitive gun and then in terms of a starter gun i always recommend it's a little bit blasphemous kwa would be very disappointed in me I would either say like a KWA T6 yeah. or a Crytac uh, PDW or CRB. Um, you know, just good starter bo- starter guns out of the box. Um, I don't personally run HPA because I came from the paintball world and I needed being attached to CO2. So gotcha. I almost exclusively run gas blowbacks and AAGs. Gas blowbacks have a little bit of a learning curve. So newer players... Always recommend M4 platform, something short to medium length, and get some of those PTS EPM ones because um, they're our sponsor and also they hold a shit ton of BBs. Yeah. Um, and they're still considered mid gaps. So, yeah. Awesome. Hell yeah. Well, uh, man, it's been awesome meeting you, man. Michael, thank you so much. Uh, where can everyone find you? Yeah, so you guys can find Tactical League on Instagram at tactical league just like it sounds you can find biohazard at biohazard.airsoft underscore us uh, if you want to find us there you dm either one of those accounts that will come directly to me uh usually pretty pretty responsive on there if you have questions about um any of our events any milsim events any of our gear guns anything like that recommendations questions 
Um, we're, we're pretty open books, so feel free to hit us up if you guys have any questions and need anything. Um, whoever's running at Biohazard Airsoft on Instagram, I've been trying to get a hold of you. Hit me up. I want your Instagram. You don't use it. We need it. What now? Somebody Whoever else has runs, a, at Biohazard on there's Instagram? A, there's a at Biohazard Airsoft. It's been owned for a number of years now, but it's not active. I've been oh trying to chase gosh. this person down. My understanding is he's a guy on Dark Horse Milson, which, I've as you that. may know, they're another like big Milson team, I think, based on the East Coast. Okay, I think I've heard mm-hmm. of that. If anyone's listening that has yeah, a tie, we'll try to get the word Dark out. Horse, let us Dark know. Dark Horse, uh, what is it, Dark Horse uh, Milsim or Dark, Her- yeah, Dark Horse yeah, yeah. Uh, Airsoft? Uh, one of the, any of those. Um, and then at, uh, Biohazard Airsoft. On Instagram. That's, that's the account we've been trying to get a hold of. Uh, willing to pay for it, man. Yeah, Just yeah. Hit us up. Hit us up. We don't want, we okay. don't like having the underscore US at the end. I was just going to say, why do you have the... <laughs> it's it's the okay. most convoluted. It was like the best option available. There's a lot of biohazard airsofts, man. We okay. just feel like at this point, you know, we've kind of claimed that one. I know there's some other folks out there running the same team name. Just let us have it, man. It'll it'll make things a lot simpler. <laughs> uh, let's make it happen. Oh okay. yeah, for sure. Maybe we can get that done. That'd be awesome. Okay, cool. And then well, what? Uh, where is your and what is your next big event that people can kind of follow you guys on? Yeah, so we have a couple big events coming up. Um, I don't know if this is going to run before this Sunday, January 29th, but we'll have we'll be hosting Tactical League Battlegrounds at SC Village. Battlegrounds is our OG original classic practically game modes on our classic SE Village maps, the way exact same format as the very first Tactical League event we ran, throwing it back for kind of a lot of our SoCal players. Then uh, February 12th, we're going to be at Tac City in Orange County, California, or Assault, which is our one of our indoor event series. And then we're returning to Freedom Airsoft in Tucson on February 18th for Black Hawk Down, which is a, a new event series we're running based on Battle of Mogadishu and the film of the same name. And then hopefully we'll be seeing you at SS Airsoft March 18th uh, out there in Atlanta. Yes. Um, should be a great event. That'll be a first time in Atlanta, first time okay. at SS, and first trip to the, uh, is it considered the South or South or the East Coast? I think it's the Dirty the South. South, right? Yeah. First trip south, to the South, baby. Coast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We've been as far east as Texas, so this will be our first time uh, oh, that's venturing awesome. down south. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, listen, and, uh, man, it's been awesome, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on, man. Really appreciate it. Great uh, sharing some, some stories with you, chatting it up. And, uh, yeah, hope to see you soon. All right, brother. You have a good night, man. All right, man. You too. Thanks for the time, dude. See ya.